Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for your support. This podcast is a labor of love, and we are so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen, to share a praise report or a prayer request, to leave a review, or even share our pod with a friend. You mean the world to us. We recently launched a monthly sponsorship option to help us keep bringing you new episodes. So if you can, please consider subscribing. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you can't, commit to a monthly sponsorship. Please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and helps us keep the show going. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints. And I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another miraculous episode of Yes, Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my bestie. Collecting all the miracles, Azariah Southworth. As it's a miracle, we found each other. And listen, here at Yes, Jesus, we believe in miracles because we believe... You are a miracle of God, and you, and you, and you. And there could be miracles if you believe. I mean, seriously, I'm not even going to try. That's like diva and diva. Um, but Diva, guess what? <laughs> Sit tight in your pew pew pews because we got some Okay, this one's fitting in with our theme of miracles. Uh usually, you know, we hear about the virgin birth around Christmas time, but now we have a virgin birth story from a different kingdom, the animal kingdom. Now I saw this in Life Science, and I think it is so cool. Uh, The female baby smooth-town shark named Aspiria, or Hope in Maltese, was recently born in an aquarium in Sardinia to a mother that has spent the past decade sharing a tank with one other female and no males. Is this a virgin birth story or a lesbian story? Why choose? So, uh... Does this happen in the animal kingdom? Yes, apparently it is a rare phenomenon known as parthogenesis. Uh, It basically means that females can self-fertilize their own eggs in extreme scenarios. So extreme scenarios like being in a shark tank with only females. I guess. I mean, that would make me want to self-fertilize. Scientists say that they've seen it um, (laughs) in other animals, but never before in the smooth down shark. I think I'm doing it myself right now. This is really nothing like the Christmas story, though. No, but it does make a great song like Jesus Shark. Jesus Shark. Praise his name. Jesus Shark. Right? No, no. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Well, since you're praying for me to stop singing, I will. And you can add that to your paragraph. Become a Patreon sponsor today and Danny will stop singing. But I will not stop praising Virgin Shark Works. Like, more. The more, the merrier. Um, uh, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting story. I thought it was funny. Uh, look, we're, if you don't like that, just stay tuned because we're going right now into our <laughs> praise report and prayer request section of our show. This is where, like, if you're like, man, God was so good to me this week. I really want to give God flowers. We'll help you do that. And then at the same time, uh, this is a place where if you're like, man, I need some more help. Let's call in the troops. We're here to pray with you. Uh, we're going to start out right now with one of those prayers. Uh, this is a prayer request. And this comes to us from Jess. Hey, I just wanted to lift a prayer up. I've been living in Scotland for the past year, and I've only recently come to peace with my queerness and only just found a church. But it's very traditional, so I'm not sure how LGBTQ plus affirming it is. So I'd really appreciate a prayer over this. I love Scotland. I love visiting there. Um, I'm actually excited because, uh, Jess, if you ever heard our David and Jonathan story, 
The next time I'm in Scotland, we have a David and Jonathan episode where there is actually in Scotland a stained glass window to David and, and Jonathan and embrace mm-hmm. and the Lord. Um, you know, I think when you're in a place where you're not sure if you're safe, my, my biggest advice is that a relationship with God is really just that. It's a relationship with God. Nobody has to be inside your heart or your house. Um, you can uh, take a place with yourself uh, um, and stay in prayer. Uh, but, you know, um, keep searching out there. I don't really know the resources in Scotland, but there are LG, LGBTQ plus affirming churches all over the world. And um, I hope that you find your family and we're going to pray for you for that for sure. Yes. And we have a praise report from Karen. No, not that Karen. This summer has been quite the journey, but I am to report that I am considered cancer free. Radiation one last time as a precautionary measure. Because my final pathology reports came back indicating that I had the most aggressive form of endometrial cancer, radiation was a way to significantly reduce the likelihood of a recurrence. I was extremely fatigued following radiation last week, but I almost feel back to normal now. Oh, Karen, we definitely give praise for that. That is a beautiful report. I love um, it. Ding, 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 ding. Cancer. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, we certainly, I mean, that is something definitely to be uh, in a praise report about. We are just so happy. Do you want to hear help. a fun story? Do you want to hear a fun yeah, story? Yeah, we always love a fun okay. story. Azzy. My mom is here so she can testify to this. <laughs> so I grew up full gospel, right? We believed in miracles. And so when I was, when I was 10 years old, I think, uh, we were going to this church and the pastor came in and he was crying, uh, you know, and he, he was quite hysterical that his wife had to take over and, and express what he wanted to say. And he shared that, well, she shared that his mom was diagnosed with cancer and that she was going to have to have surgery, that it didn't look good. And so um, they were really upset about that. And this is why I, you know, I still believe in miracles. You know, I think miracles can Oh, we, today, we are in the miracle business here at Yes Jesus. And so like, this is, this is like the one thing for me that like, like I, I go back and like, well, this happened. So to me, I still believe in miracles. I remember as he was sharing that, I felt this warmth and I didn't hear a voice, but just a thought dropped in my mind saying, tell him she's healed. And I wrote it down on the back of the envelope, the offering envelope and, you know, the back of the chairs that they have for you so conveniently. <laughs> and uh, smart strategy, you know. Um, and, uh, and I went up to him afterwards and I gave it to him. And so he went on to go visit his family and came back um, two weeks later after the surgery. And we had church fellowship one Sunday evening and he came up to me and said, I want you to know that you were right, that when they went to go remove the cancer, that there was no cancer to be found. So wow. um, I thought that was always interesting. But uh, and Miracles are enigma. And I think that we always have to give the glory to God for them um, because, you know, it's. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, all, yeah. I, all, all mysteries point to God, right? <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. That's so awesome, Azzy. Um, and what an incredible experience. I've had a lot of moments that, that let me realize, uh, you know, that God's got your back. That's such a cool yeah. thing to experience. We'll be right back after this, you guys. And we'll be right back with our scripture of the day. Hey, we're back, and, and it's time for the scripture of the day. It's from Matthew. Give it to me. 
Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Azzy, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Like, I love this because when you think about how tiny a mustard seed is, when you think about spicy mustard and the seeds and then they're tiny, um, I, when I think about how you can <laughs> literally have the power to tell a mountain, go over there and move it. Look over there. Um, it's kind of like mm-hmm. awesome to me that that, that, that is like, it, it truly is the power of God. And um, there are some fabulous miracles in the Bible, y'all. Yes, yes. I love I love the idea of Jesus saying to a mountain, honey, you don't belong here, over there. <laughs> yeah. First of all, what makes a miracle? What defines a miracle? What is the difference between a miracle and a party trick? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I think like a miracle is life-changing, probably, or a miracle is like so over-the-top unbelievable for a good reason. I think that's the difference between that and tying a cherry stem with your tongue. My, my friend Kevin Miguel Garcia says, he told me this and he read it from um, The Course of Miracles. He said, um, in The Course of Miracles, it talks about how uh, a true miracle, the only miracle that can really occur is when we are able to um, move from love to, or from fear to love. And I thought that was interesting. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah. So in the Bible, miracles are things that can't be explained solely by natural processes. They can only happen with divine inter- intervention. Inter- intervention. I, you know, I think that in my life, I've experienced, I've experienced a few miracles of my own. I think that yeah. when I think about the myth of Sisyphus, how he, you know, he, uh, in mythology, he was rolling the rock up the hill all the time. And then he would get like just to the top and it would like roll back down and he spent his entire life rolling this rock up a hill and it never went over the hill. Like it was just always just getting it to the top and it rolling back down. I mean, especially like a career in entertainment, you know, um, being a queer person young, like there's so many times that I felt like I was pushing a rock up a hill for a certain reason or another. But I feel like every time the rock goes over the hill and actually completes it for whatever reason that is in my life, it's been nothing short of a miracle. You know, we're going to tell three stories of miracles from the Bible. And this is going to be, Another episode of A Baked Bible Story. We're going to tell three stories of miracles from the Bible. And this is going to be another doozy. So sit back and get your miracle pants on. I don't know what miracle pants are, Azzy. Some miracles are life-saving, like parting of the Red Sea. That happened after the Israelites were freed from slavery. Egypt had already endured plagues. And the Pharaoh finally relented and let them go. But after they left, he had a change of heart and sent his troops after them. So we are talking about thousands of Israelites moving in a caravan through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And one cool detail is that God led them through a wilderness with a pillar of cloud during the day. At night, it turned into a pillar of fire. I always loved that story as a kid. And they just had to follow the pillar. That's all they had to do, Danny. (laughs) Say pillar again. After a couple of days, (laughs) the the Israelites looked back and they saw the Pharaoh's troops off in the distance. Of course, the troops had horses and chariots and the Israelites were just walking along on foot, carrying all their stuff with them. This is not looking good for the Israelites. Mm -mm. Finally, the Israelites reached the Red Sea. Now they were trapped between a horse and a watery grave. And the Israelites complained to Moses. And it's pretty choice complaining too. Uh, Exodus 
14, 11 to 12. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have to take us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? This is not the very thing we told you in Egypt. Let it... Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. (laughs) But Moses reassured them and God reassured Moses. Then the pillar of cloud went from in front of the Israelites to behind them. So it blocked the view of the Egyptian army. And in Exodus 14, 19 through 20, the angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them, and it took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night long. Already lots of miracles. But this, this is the big magic moment. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 21 through 22. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, all night, and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and their left. The fish on their way to work that day did not appreciate that. <laughs> oh my, I used to love this as a kid. I used to always be like, oh my God, I want to just see the fish and da da da. Like right. when I was at, aqua- <laughs> at an aquarium where there'd be like a, like, a, like a tank on both sides, they used to be like, the parting of the sea. Um, the Egyptians pursue them through the parted sea, but their chariots got clogged up in the mud. Now God might have something to do with that. After a lot of struggling, the Egyptian army said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. And just then, when the Israelites got out of the sea, God said to Moses, Exodus chapter 14, verse 26, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. Oh, this would have been a fun scene to act out in that movie. You know what it was called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were some of the army that got out of the sea, and the Bible says that God threw them back into the sea. So the whole army drowned. So this is a pretty good miracle for the Israelites. But, you know, the Egyptians, not so much. Oh, so, I mean, I even love coloring, coloring books for this. Okay, so, yeah, so imagine being excited that you escaped the Red Sea just to get thrown back in. It's like a Marvel movie. Yeah, not to mention that I just want like an extra 10 minutes so I can go with like a metal detector and pick up all the coins and arrowheads. Okay. Um. <laughs> I wonder if they uh, ever found like, um, like any artifacts under the Red Sea, like of chariots, you know, under the mud. I don't know. Salt what about your architecture? What, what, what about your one? Yeah, it's hard in the ocean. Wonder? It's hard in the ocean because the only thing that really withstands all those years is gold. And there wasn't a lot of gold back then. There, a lot of things are made of mud and broken stone. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, thousands of years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. I get all right, it. right, 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 right. Next story. Next story. Okay. Now, did you think that the Red Sea was the only time that God was going to part a body of water? Well, you'd be wrong. Mm-hmm. God parts some more water a little later in the Exodus story. In fact, so much later, it appears in the Book of Joshua. He parted my waters. Joshua had inherited Moses's leadership after Moses died. And Moses didn't actually get to cross over into the promised land, so Joshua took over. 
One thing you need to know for the background of the story is that they had the Ark of the Covenant, so think Indiana Jones, and the Ark is a chest that held tablets engraved with the Ten Commandments. And the Israelites carried it with them ever since Moses carried it down the mountain. And now they are going to carry it over into the promised land. So when they got to the River Jordan, God spoke to Joshua, Joshua 3, 11 to 13. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of their feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. The waters standing in a single heap. Have you ever seen a heap of water? Only on the back of my neck when I'm dancing to Zua Lipa. <laughs> but they got to the river and the river was overflowing and the water was running over the banks. And Joshua 3.14, when the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all of its banks throughout the time of harvest. But once they stepped in the river, the water stopped, just like God said it would. Skate, so, <laughs> Joshua three fifteen through 17. So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap for far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, while those flowing toward the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Honey, I'm totally following along, aren't you? While yes. all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. Honey, can you imagine the sight of that? I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> the ark stood in the middle of the river to block the water for everyone else to pass by like an angry cross from God. So a second story. <laughs> yes. Think of the parting of the Red Sea as the beginning of the Israelites' journey. Then they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness and then as they are about to end their journey in the promised land, they crossed over a body water all over again. Not every miracle involves killing. To. Yes. Not every miracle involves killing a ton of people, but there were a few of those. Some miracles involving bringing, bringing people back from the dead. And here's a twofer story from the book of Mark. Why a twofer? And I'll tell you why a twofer. The main plot is about a little girl raised from the dead with a side plot about a bleeding woman who got healed from sneaking up behind Jesus and touching his clothes. This miracle story comes from the book of Mark. Jesus was walking along with all the crowds around him, and the leader of the synagogue, Jairus, came and begged Jesus to come to his house and heal his daughter who was gravely ill. Jesus agrees and starts to walk to our house because by this point, Jesus is super popular, and the crowd goes along with him, and they want to see this happen. Then a really cool moment of the side plot occurs. Dun, dun, dun. A woman who had been bleeding for 12 years was in the crowd. Some translations call what she had a hemorrhage. Bleeding okay. for 12 years. What is this? Like nonstop menstruation? Hemorrhoids? 
Hemophilia, um, homophobia. What did she have? <laughs> we don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's see. She wanted to be healed, but she didn't want to bother Jesus. So she decided to be a little sneaky. Mm -hmm. And this is what she said to herself. If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. She snuck up behind Jesus and discreetly touched his cloak. And it worked. She was healed. But she got caught. And apparently, Jesus could feel it all happening. Oh, so, in Mark chapter did, you just, five, did you just heal yourself? <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Honey, it's, this is the Bible. I it's know. not me. This is the Bible. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> did you just touch me and heal yourself? Uh, ask next time. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus maybe had a little bit of a deep attitude. You know, he's the son of God. <laughs> Mark chapter 5, verse 30 through 32. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my Who clothes? touched my clothes? <laughs> this Balenciaga? Do you know who my father is? <laughs> and his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. Busted. Jesus can feel you touching him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to have it. And the woman fessed up. So in Mark chapter 5, verse 33 through 34. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. There's, there's this idea that we have of a disease, which is medical, right? But then if you break down the word disease to be dis at disease. So maybe even not just physically, oh. but at disease and you know, maybe he was like you were mentally, bothered. Spiritually. Like you were bothered. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a good one. I you know, what I was gonna say, my note was that this seems to be it seems to be like a pattern here of like people who like insist on having the faith that Jesus will still heal them, despite the fact that maybe Jesus is disinterested or not available, and yet will still remain healed because their faith was so strong. Like there was that other girl um, who was like, won't you heal me? Won't you like feed the scraps from the dogs? You know, that, that girl, like, you know, um, there's a couple of instances in the Bible where I noticed Jesus does this, where he's like, ah, you had faith, you get to keep it. You know, I like that. You don't see him go, no, give me that back and bleed again once your vagina. Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and I think that's nice about our Lord. <laughs> no, no. Now, now, I like okay. that about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I like that about Jesus. <laughs> what about this boy? Uh, so this story is like a little side plot because you remember he was going to Jarius's house to heal his daughter. So while he's messing around with this woman who, like, grabbed his cloak or whatever, someone from Jarius's house came to say, uh, listen, you're a little late. The little girl died. You know, but why bother Jesus more he, when he's already late? Like, leave the man alone. Jesus overheard the news that the little girl had died, and he said to them, do not fear, only believe. He told everyone to stay behind except for Peter, James, and John. When Jesus got to the house, people were crying and wailing, the way you do when a little girl has died. And then Jesus says this zinger, Mark chapter 5, verse 39 through 40. Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. So they go from crying to laughing. They're crazy. 
I imagine it was a sad laugh, like the one, like when they killed Godzilla at the end of the movie. And you're like, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like Jesus went yeah. up uh, to see the body and he said to the body, Tally the coom. But feel free to mess with the pronunciation. <laughs> Tally out come, uh, which means little girl, get up. And she did. And you know what? And she did. That's what I know why. And that sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> Tally the coom. I love that. And the story ends with this very funny sentence. Chapter 5, verse... <laughs> Mark chapter 5, verse 43. Because we know the story. There's a ton of more miracle stories in the Bible. But this is the last one that we're going to share today. I really love how this is about Jesus and his mom having a catty little moment together. But it's also about a party and drinking. Mm-hmm. So get your glass. Jesus is at a wedding. And his mom is his plus one. So have you ever been to a wedding like that where your mom is your date? Yeah, because I'm gay and I didn't want people to know. Yeah. Yes, but I don't think that's the case of our Lord. But, <laughs> but one never knows. <laughs> no, I, I have. Yes, of course. I brought my mom to a lot of things. And Jesus' mom is a catty gossip? Let's listen to this. John 2, 3. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus served some sass right back, John 2, 4. And Jesus said to her, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. Here's the thing. Jesus's mom knows. She knows, Danny, what he can do. And she doesn't care that he just said, mom, I'm not doing that for you, okay? So just stop. So she ignores <laughs> everything Jesus says, walks him up to the catering staff and says, do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> Imagine her turning to him and giving him a look that says, now try and get out of it. <laughs> like, this is like my, like, if I could turn water into wine or if I could do things like that, my mom would have me doing all kinds of, Danny, blink the garbage out of here. <laughs> Danny, do me a favor. We just ate the roast beef. Can you resurrect it so we can eat it again? <laughs> It'd be bad. Yeah, mine is a <laughs> split, split the ground. They want me to dig a trench. <laughs> <laughs> now the Bible, doesn't, the Bible doesn't say if Jesus complains or whines to his mom now, but I bet he did. I mean, I bet he's, <laughs> I bet he sees six stone jars. The jars are normally used for the Jewish rites of purification and they hold about 30 to 20 gallons each. Jesus tells them to fill the jars with water. So they do. And then Jesus says, now pour some for the chief steward. And then the steward drinks it. And guess what? It's wine. Go figure. And not just wine, but ooh, that good Napa Valley or Southern France wine. You know? Honestly, like I know good, that it's very like Christian y and, and Christian y gay nerd, but like when I think of like really good wine, I think of this moment. Like I would love to taste this <laughs> wine. Like I want Jesus Vineyard's wine. Like, I don't know. Uh in John <laughs> like I mean I really want to taste it. In John two nine to ten, it goes on. Yes, when the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, but then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. So the steward compliments the bridegroom on his excellent wine, but wonders why they were saving the good stuff after everyone already got drunk on the cheap stuff. That was recorded as Jesus's first miracle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I say that with that tone because it's like, that's your first, but 
what do you think the ride home between Jesus and Mary were like? I mean, do you think he was like, <laughs> fine, mom, are you happy now? <laughs> I wonder if like, this, this, we should start like a winery and like, this is like, it's our mission to be just as good as Jesus is. <laughs> like, this Let's this is like our thing, but origin story. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Bible is filled with a ton of Bible stories like this. Some are super serious miracles and some are a little light. Tiny. Yes, but the best miracles are the ones that happen in your own lives. And we told you a couple mm-hmm. of ours, so we want to hear yours. You are a miracle. We love you. Yes, we do. And my mom is snoring next to me and she's a beautiful miracle. <laughs> God. So our Tide Love Offering Charity Act of Good this week is send us a message at Yes Jesus Pod. Tell us about the miracles in your life. Big miracles, small miracles, all the miracles, miracles that made you laugh, miracles that made you cry, honey, because I love a good cry. And we want to hear them all. And we also want to give thanks to the miracles of our monthly sponsors, lovely people like Autumn V., Marie L. and Cody K. Thank you for signing up and helping us keep this show running. Please send us a message on Instagram so we can send you a little thank you. Um, we are so grateful for your support. All right, everybody. Let's bow our heads for the closing prayer, unless you're driving. Uh, Lord, we'd like to just thank you once again for coming together in communion um, each week. Uh, this has been such a blessing for so many people. Uh, we'd like to praise you for Karen's remission of cancer. What an amazing yeah. time to just rejoice and have so much gratitude for that awesome, incredible news. <clears throat> We'd like to pray for uh, Jess and Jess is coming out. Uh, get your strength and clarity uh, to know who is an ally and who is not. We just pray that uh, love does heal all. And Lord, we want to thank you for all the miracles in our life. Those are that are big and are earth changing and those that are tiny. And each and every person at home listening right now is a miracle. Okay, let me just end yes. it there. Sorry. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for this time and amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of Yes Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yes Jesus Pod or on our website at yasjesuspod.com. If you like the show, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. You can find the link to do so in our show notes. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review five stars, big guy five stars, or share with a friend. Doing so just helps us reach new people and keep this show running. You can now leave an audio prayer request or a praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So, honey, drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. It's really easy. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a, ah, I need a We want to hear from you. <laughs> Yas Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and... The really easy Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauley. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustillos, and Steve Michaels. Special thanks to Azzy's mom snoring. <laughs> this show is brought to you in part by Barbara snoring. <laughs> And remember, honey, mom, God loves you just as you are. (laughs) Keep praising the Lord, y'all.